Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Post Analog Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Post Analog Podcast where we talk about all things over 40, whether if it's about health, music, or even cultural commentary. But before we get started with the show, I want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use your promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have Rhett Maddock in the house. Yes. Which is definitely a legend in it in the hip hop game and, and West Coast, right? For sure. W's in the air, definitely yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. And b- b- before we play that interview, we want to stress exactly why the phenom of like Manny Pacquiao, Qbert, yeah. or anyone who is of your ethnic tie who gets in entertainment and becomes like such a big victory. Yep. For right? sure, man. You know, uh, so we'll set you up with the tide of like how it was like in the 80s, 90s, because, you know, we are from that era of, of teen and 20s. Yeah. And, you know, to fathom being into entertainment was a little tough, right? Oh, man. When you have your parents just kind of pushing you to do something functional in society, like be an architect or a doctor, lawyer, you know, accountant, you know, do something scientific that will, um, you know, that'll give you a paycheck, a steady job. You know, that was first and foremost, you know. Um, So, yeah, it was cool to to enlighten your lighten you, you know, go play outside, you know, play your sports, uh, you know, learn an instrument maybe or something like that to be cultured, but not to be. <laughs> Not to play this professionally. I mean, you know, even though we've mentioned how like Filipinos wanting to be in entertainment and all that stuff, it was never, at least in my household, never taught to me that, oh, maybe you'll be good enough to play an instrument professionally or maybe you'll be good enough to to play a sport or something like that. So, yeah, man, I I, I totally I totally feel that. And not only to that, because. In any ethnic background, whether, you know, like, if you're from Stockton and during that era is both the Mexican-Americans and the Filipinos, the yeah. brown people, they yeah. were the agricultural link. Right. They were, like, the hub. Whether if you're Chinese or Japanese and it's just about, like, working really, 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 really hard. Yeah. Um, or if you're an immigrant from Eastern Europe, you know, like Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all about the grind and entertainment is what you watch right you you can't be like involved in that because you have to do this abc you have to do this math it has to you have to provide for the family and that is just the entertainment to escape from the grind like you said you know i mean just getting away from from Washing dishes or, you know, construction or some shit like that. Crunching those numbers. Crunching those numbers, you know. Let's go watch boxing. Let's go to a baseball game or listen to the band play or some shit like that, yeah. And it was it was pretty much the, the mentality of an eight-to-fiver as I try to pull back, you know, a little <laughs> bit when I actually had income. Right. You know, that, that mentality was get to Friday. Yeah. And in another week, there, there comes that check. Hopefully with, with with a nice fat commission here and there or whatever bonus, depending on what your income was. Have a nice dinner with the family. Or or your girlfriend. Or girlfriend, yeah. And yeah. and then set aside maybe some weed money, some drink money. <laughs> right. And oh by the way, I got a Vegas trip coming up, so I gotta save some 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 money and some good change for yep, that. Yep. You know, and, and, and you fall into a box, right? 
it, it turns into it turns into the grind. I mean, just to get to that Friday, like that, you said, that rat race. You know, it's just like okay, let's let's grind it out, and then by the time Friday hits, bell bell goes off. I'm out. We're going to Vegas, or you know, we're going to the the bar, or whatever, having a good time, and and uh, you don't worry about it till Monday morning. And 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 the problem with that is, for me, yeah, I did just enough. Sometimes I would excel if it was a sales job. I would excel, but obviously it's because of the money. Yeah, you know. But if it was like solely on marketing and promoting something uh-huh. where there wasn't any other financial incentive behind that, right. I would do just enough. And the problem with that, because that infects the rest of your life, right? Yeah, you just man. become a bedroom nine to five or eight to fiver. <laughs> and and if you get into that bedroom thing. Which is fine for everyone who likes that. Yeah. I mean, because there's something, there's something to have that security. I'm in that. I'm struggling to get out of that. You know, I mean, I, I, I thank, the, thank the Lord every day that I have friends that can get me into this uh, creative release. And, and um, you know, to be able to have a drive to do something, especially with this show and, and whatnot. But there are people like my, you know, like a lot of people in my family that they like to put their, you know, put their head down, grind it out, provide for their family and get to the weekend again, just to or or the long vacation, you know, at the end of the year or whatever, you know, just to make sure you have enough to to stay sane and, and happy. And, and, and you've been a promoter for a nightlife event for yeah. a little over half a decade. Yeah. And now that you've been involved with with a radio show, there's that extra gear that you're discovering, right, that you think of aside from the eight to five. Yeah, man. And, and, and it's, I, 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 maybe it's enlightening, but maybe it's just maybe an extra metabolic life boost that kicks in because you because you seek it right you think about it you you always text me and send links about like hey this topically might go well right um look at what the fuck's going on here we should talk about this yeah yeah and and it, it it's different when you find that and maybe we should give also the perspective of when we were in the eight to five i i it didn't seem like it was tangible to be reached like to be in entertainment no um you look up to people like gods, right? Like literally entertainment <laughs> yeah, gods. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I knew people that were working on, you know, different little entertainment projects or if they were promoting and stuff. I didn't really promote till like later, um, you know, getting involved in that and really seeking that kind of uh, release or whatnot. But it, it's, it's kind of like, well, if I'm going to be in radio, what am I going to, how am I going to get there? And I'm already kind of, I got my degree. I'm already got a job, you know, doing stuff and, you know, on the computer, which I'm proficient at. Why would I give that up? You know? And then it's not till it wears down on you a little bit where you you're seeking for that extra, like you said, just that extra boost in your life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have found those outlets and I have, you know, at least, I don't know. I'd like to say I've I've enlightened my life a little bit more, and, and um, yeah, man, I I think it's a it's a great release for me per- personally. So like uh, for the Latinos, there are like two mixed Latin women towards the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Uh, Linda Carter, okay, who is Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, beautiful woman, yeah, man, half Latina. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and, and Raquel Welsh. Oh shit! Half Latina. I didn't know that. That's what I'm saying. So w- with that association, you know, if you were of Latin descent, I right. mean, if you discovered that, because in the '80s you would think like, oh, fucking Eric Estrada, Eric chips Estrada. guy, yeah, you know, this fucking guy. Okay, right. great. I guess I can be proud of him. Maybe <laughs> you know, uh, the Puerto Ricans had John Leguizamo, someone to look up to. Yeah, that was like late. 80s late, late 80s yeah. you know goes to show how how spanning his his career is right and you know to us in particular you know jay is is full filipino i'm a half chinese half filipino when we would look at someone anything filipino is it nia peoples was she like part yeah you know yeah some or, or if not rumored to be strongly right, to be part right, filipino right. um from Wayne's World, who is that? Tia Carrere. Tia Carrere, yeah, Chinese yeah. Filipino. Right. You know, so the association of proudness and valor was so strong. Yeah. And 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 
you know, you look at that girl, even though if you're not expressing it to everyone, uh-huh. you're just secretly proud. Yeah. And, and what was harder, though, it was because it was women. You know, as, as an Asian growing up, it's like, okay, you see... Um, what's the chick, Trisha Toyota, or you know the news broadcasters, and and it, and it's women on 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 screen, but you didn't really see a lot of guys, you know. So it was it was it was different. It was like, yes, I am proud that's that at least I can identify with that color and that face, right? But um, you know, it would have been nice to have more guys uh, as role models in the entertainment world for us too. You know, I, I agree, and it it seems like you know the the benefit of the women getting the jump start. Is the fucking vagina. Yeah. You know, they have titties. They have a vagina. They're attractive. <laughs> That's why we're going to put you Exotic. on. Exotic. Right. And, and then the guys, as we said towards the Chinese side, you know, there's a good looking guy named Russell Wong who yeah. kind of made a small splash in, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But really, the two that stood out in the 70s and 80s were both Jackie Chan and Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. And there was that dude from 21 Jump Street for a little bit. Dustin Nguyen. Dustin Nguyen, yeah. For the Vietnamese. Right. But, but at least Dustin had a cool role. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he was like able a to cop. Be, and he was able to be, like, to have, to keep his Asian look. You know, he had the pompadour going. You know, he he, he wore cool clothes. A small ta- tail in the back. Exactly. So, I, I mean, respected that. I mean, he, he, also, he obviously knew uh, martial arts in that show, too. Right. So. It, but it, 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 thank you. But everything was tied to martial arts with Jackie Chan, yep. you know, with Bruce Lee. And someone like Bruce Lee, who's so meteoric on its own, it yeah. felt like uh, this will never happen again. Right? Yeah. You know, like, how did you see Bruce Lee when you were younger? Oh, he was just un- invincible. Invincible. That guy was just like, you know, I, I wanted to, I wish, he, you know, it took a while for me to 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 know that he was actually dead. Um, by the time I was really like really into him, um, uh, but but yeah, all my cousins had posters on the wall. We would watch the movies, and you know, Enter the Dragon was on like maybe every other weekend in our house. So and black exploitation, the fact that black exploitation films started infusing like kung fu and karate into the, the films. You had Kareem in a in a Bruce Lee movie. Game of Death. The Game Beautiful of Death. point. Exactly. You know? And 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 that was so magnanimous to where you know what. I don't know if that's going to happen again. No. no. I don't know if that's going to happen Especially again. Especially in the 80s. I mean, what, what, what did you have to hold on to? Right. Nothing, really. Nothing. And, and then here comes the golden era of hip-hop, yep. right? Yep. Here comes the golden era of hip-hop where, you know, just as integral as the MC during mm-hmm. our time, our, right. our, when we noticed hip-hop, but the DJ was really... You know, the crucible, right? Right. You know, because even before, like, Love Bug Starsky would just toast for the DJ. Yep. It's all about praise the DJ. Yep. And then that changed to where the MC started rhyming and they became the feature. Yeah. For a little bit. But also still, like, you know, you had guys like Jam Master J and, like, you know, who were really anchoring even though they weren't the voice of run d he wasn't the voice of run dmc he was really the anchor of that group and and, you know they would not just toast to him but they would give him his own song essentially you know so and then going go going from that guy to the next movement of of you know filipino djs i guess or or you know just kind of building off of that premise it they they brought their they brought their strength back to to the scene so you know, I don't know how it happened. You know, Latinos and Filipinos are big in the um, medical field <laughs> as far as for nurses. Very caring people, man. We're warm people. Absolutely. We're, we we come from agriculture and big families. Don't mind wiping people's asses. Right. And, and, and it's because, you know, um, we were like the targeted of the Portuguese and the Spanish <laughs> and, and taking out their culture and, yep. and inbreeding uh Catholicism, right? But but here here's the here's the thing that started to erupt for our generation is the Filipino DJ. Yeah, man. And we excelled so much. I couldn't dude. believe it. I couldn't believe watching it. And it's like you see DJ Cubert, you know, winning DMC, and it's like, oh shit, this guy is Filipino. And it's like, okay, and repping it and too. repping it. You know, I mean, I knew a lot of, I knew a lot of my friends that were into that the scene, you know, in that time, but never at the the height, you know, where he's the number one DJ 
It's I mean, it blew my mind. And 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 what Jay means by number one is good luck fighting him. Yeah. Good luck. He's he's untouchable. You he had they had to retire him. You know, and make right, him a, right, make him a right, judge. Exactly, exactly. It was like uh, you, we can't we can't go up against you anymore. Give somebody else a chance. That's how good he was. And, and you know, maybe just for like a minute, w- with this other coming of Manny Pacquiao as his career winds, which is why he was so relished. You know, because yeah. uh, pugilism. Yeah, you know, man. it's a fucking fight, and you got this little guy who literally came from nothing. Yep came from nothing and the whole premise of hip-hop is you know it was is born out of poverty yep it was born out of desolation you know especially new york at that time it looked like a fucking bomb area right <laughs> right you know, the lower east side brooklyn yep. all that it, it wasn't like now neo hipster one million for a two-bedroom fucking brooklynite apartment right big budgets none of that shit was was available back then right so so now Post Cubert, I don't know if our timelines will, will will match, but post Cubert, all of a sudden, living here in L.A., yeah, there's the beat junkies. Yeah, man. Where everyone was dope. Everybody, and they and they ran that they because you know, especially time wise for me, that's when I started going to clubs, you know, and that's when I started going to friendship games and things like that, where they're all over the place. They own it. You know, it's like you go to one event, it's Beat Junkies spinning over here. You go to another party, yep, there's probably a Beat Junkie coming through or they're on the flyer or something. So they had their hands in pretty much all of the party scene in in the early 90s. Did you ever look into J-Rock and Chalk? I I looked at it in a reverse psychological form. No. I I was like, wow, then J-Rock... And Chalk must be really good because they were accepted to the Filipino <laughs> DJ group. That's how I looked, yeah. looked at it. I, I think that's kind of how I would look at it, where really I was just like, oh, okay, those guys are, they're going to hold it down for, for um, you know, the other the other ethnicities. But I think the real ones are, are the, the Filipino ones. I just, that's how I thought initially. Kind of like, you know, how Eminem was accepted into the rap game? Yeah. That's how I saw Chalk and J-Rock because they were accepted into the, the beat junkie crew. Yeah, man. And, and, and um, you know, as you start listening to, to going into like the, um, the battles and whatnot, and, and you start seeing how they, how they each have their own kind of, not niche in the, in the, in the group, but they, you know, they kind of hold it down for, for each other in different ways. You know, they, one, one guy is, is a better, is better at, at, at battling and one guy's better at mixing, you know, or, or things like that. And it, it's just like, okay, this group is just kind of, they have, they have their pulse on, on and they, have their, they all have their LA. own style and sound too, which is critical on different, on different radio stations too. You know, it's just like, if you were in the nineties, you heard, you heard a, a beat junkie on the radio. And and here's here's the big point that uh, Jay's bringing up. Um, you know, the, right now I know two people who are on Dash, a San Diego station, Power One Hundred and Six, Kilikasi and um, Gabby Diaz. Yeah. Which much respect to them for sure. There were that there were three entities, but during our time that was unheard of. No. No. That was like your your that's the holy grail that you're burning. Right. And then the significance of the beat junkies to be on both uh competitive right. urban stations, right. Power 106 and 92.3 the beat. And it was so socially accepted. Yeah. It, it, that's unfathomable. Well, yeah, because people knew that they were all together, and it was just like, okay, you're not going to be on the same time, but or or you're not going to be um one DJ on the same on two different radio stations, but you have the same group just um, monopolizing the airwaves, you know, with their mixes and 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 getting you home every day or getting you to work every day, you know. So that was that was a lot to look up to, man. That was a lot for me to look up to. And, and I think you know, even I think the most critical thing is technology, Serato coming yeah. out and allowing people to have the balls. Yeah. But but the persona of what the beat junkies had was, you know what? They're just dudes into hip hop, but they were just fucking legendary on the turntables. Dude, just kept at it, just kept at it, and you know they did production, they did their production work, and they they put out albums, and and on top of all that, so it, it was it was all or nothing for these guys, and that's what I look up to them a lot more nowadays. So, um, and segging this interview. Man, I mean, 
DJ Redmatic is is probably one of the more unsung heroes. Yeah. And and it's now our time to recognize him while he's active. Not I'm not talking. We're not talking about age, right? Right. Right. But just to recognize, like, man, your body of work is so amazing. So for you who's listening out there, um, we present you DJ Redmatic. I liked it. It's like kind of like, okay, I get it. It's chess. He was explaining to me, think of it as like it's it's a human chess. You're trying to figure out the moves and stuff. Not every move is going is going to work, so you have to figure out other things. If you like four legs, you know, break you know you want to break you know break out one, so it'd be three. So break out the balance and stuff, you know. So it's like little things, little little things that kind of like if you do it, it's almost like applying life applications too you know like whatever you learn what i learned in jiu-jitsu you can apply it to everyday life you know if, if that makes sense no absolutely i mean it, it it's a mania right, right now jiu-jitsu right. is a mania oh no right yeah now. it's crazy and then and i remember just going to the the, the the world uh the world championships in in long beach at the long beach uh, cal state long beach pyramid and stuff like that i was bugging the fuck out just because it looked like I was in Karate Kid, you know, the Karate Kid tournaments. All everybody's, you know, they're wearing their schools and shit. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck am I? <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, it, it, as far as for our practitioners and our journey, right. it, it's going to be interesting one because we're in the white belt stage. Right. Right. And it's pretty much a, to be continued for us, right? Right. To just enjoy. It. I wanted to ask you though. There's a real profound statement as we seg to music now. Right. You make this really profound statement about Filipinos being the Puerto Ricans West, oh, oh, right? Puerto Ricans of the West Coast, right? You know, yeah, right. and let let's let's enlighten some people through the hip hop lineage of what that means gotcha. when you say that. Okay, well, on the West Coast, especially like in the early '80s, like Asians, you know, and particularly Filipinos, have been involved in in the hip hop scene. You know, not necessarily like even hip hop, but like maybe the funk, funk lineage. You know, like you know, on the West Coast, everybody grew up to like you know, like Zap, Parliament. You know, popping. You know, popping pretty much. You know, pop lock and popping uh, was the mainstay versus you know, b boying on the East Coast. Uh, Filipinos were always been involved. You know, like especially like because you know, like I think popping popping came out of a. a, a not Fresno, but what's somewhere in I'm trying to remember the city? Is it uh, Bakersfield? Not Bakersfield. Uh, Just north, north of LA. It's like central, c- central, central Cali. You know, there's Northern California, and there's in between, like Fre- either Fresno or uh, I forgot, or is it Stockton? I think right. Stockton. You know, either Fresno or Stockton. You know, like. A lot of you know popping, I think, originated from there, and then, of course, eventually came down to northern and and in Southern California. So, and then if you know your history, there's a lot of Filipinos that were also agricultural, in agriculture. So, eventually, you know, they picked it up. You know, uh, so in, in Southern California, when I was growing up, you know, there were you know cats were popping already, kind of, or at least start you know starting to. Um, as long as I remember, like. You know, like I had, you know, like friends, older brothers are like listening to funk DJ, you know, and they're DJing. There's like, oh, let's go to clubs, and there's there's actually DJs. They're mixing like that, you know. But hip hop wasn't really as prevalent. It was starting to come. Like, of course, you heard rap. We heard rappers delight, but you didn't know what that was. You got to remember, hip hop being originated from the Bronx in New York. Everything that was coming out of there trickles into to the to the west coast and after the west coast and then probably goes into the rest of the country and stuff like that so it's either either east coast west coast new york la right and, and for the listening audience there wasn't the internet or social media no 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 no, no. it was like, it was either you had you had co- cousins or friends had tapes or something like that you know like and hopefully they're radio airwaves right 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 you know so uh uh you had you know like if having friends that had older brothers that were into it so I was like I was catching wind of that stuff I was like okay what's Zap Cameo what's this wait uh, African Babata and Soul Sonic Force you know when I got in when I got in uh, got in high school that's when like really hip that's like 83 I think 83 or 4 yeah 83 or 84 that's when like hip hop started really just hit the west coast so and the involvement of Filipinos, right, were we're, yeah, yeah, they were like because they were already doing, they were going to, there was like 
club like dances like like just necessarily funk they weren't even playing hip-hop or rap they were just playing funk you know like switch uh cameo uh, uh um parliament zap uh what i'm trying to remember like uh, 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 um, the Reddings, you know, like like all the things, you know. And I th- at the time, I thought that was part of his hip hop. You know, you just don't know. Right. Just like, but I, I didn't even know it's called funk. I was like, oh, that's funky, that's funk. And, you know, like I didn't know, you know. So a lot of you know, and you, at the time, you see like you know, Filipinos, Latinos, blacks, of course, you know, like that's how it is. At that time, you you starting as like, you know. Even though you like other things, you had to kind of like somewhat choose to be okay. If you're going to be a new waver, you know, stick to being a new waver. Right. If you're going to be a, a hip hopper or whatever, like stick to that. If you're going to be a, a a rocker, you know, stick to that. You know, it wasn't like a, now everything's melted together. I mean, ironically, hip hop is is the acclamation of everything, but it's just now like at the time it was just like you stake your claim and what you you're into and that's who you, you who you're identified as but let me ask you red do you like that though that because sometimes i think the solidarity of hey i'm strictly into this scene or i'm mm-hmm. strictly into this genre right do, do you like that or do you dislike that or how do you feel about the multi-genric as I, i'm now being fact, older like i don't really I, it's, I, i'm i don't mind about it it's open it's like that's that's actually as you get mature you start thinking like you know like if you've really been if involved in the culture of hip-hop hip-hop the hip-hop culture took a little bit of everything you know like you know african mbata was really a gang, you know used to be a gang, a gang member from the black spades and the fact that that they you know they took some of the gang culture at the time like dressing up like wearing you know uh leather jackets looking like a motorcycle gang you know like looking like warriors the movie warriors and stuff like that you know but then the fact that he based you know made his organization called zula nation you know off of african uh tribe zulus and stuff like that and then and then transforming it into a more positive movement because he was he was getting sick of you know all the all the you know all the gang fighting going on at the time and stuff so he wanted to do something more positive but he take the take the the concept of what of gangs but then make it into like okay let's just more into more music dancing art style whatever i mean you know i mean if you think about it b-boying the style is like a combination of martial arts ballet uh, uh jazz dancing it's just a, a agglomeration of different things it's the same thing when they list when the they took something out of nothing. The same same thing, like, and you know, during the during the during those times, you they couldn't you know the school pro, there's no money in the school programs, so they couldn't get you know get any instruments, you know, like you know you can't afford to buy instruments. So what they got records and turntables. And the, out of poverty and desolation, right, exactly. Sampling came about, right? You know, like right, this is out of out of all, you know, the whole lineage of like you know, it's make making something out of nothing even when it's not meant to be like the turntables is only meant to play records who thought that you're going to make that into okay into some type of instrument we spoke about this at dash radio and right. congratulations for the beat junkies being uh, picked up by dash by the way thank you um you guys were both conquering the urban airwaves at both 92.3 the beat right and, and Power 106 at yeah. the same time. Yes. Um, if you could maybe touch a little bit on on how normally that's not heard of, right? To where you have like both DJ crews spinning, right? On on both radio stations. How did that come about? Uh, like which started first? Was it Power 106 or was it 92.3 The Beat? Well, technically, kind of like Power. We were like more guest DJs. Um, I remember first time spinning on Power. Uh, it was, I think, 93. Yeah, 93. Uh, and this is when the Baker Boys just just started at Power. So eventually they started doing, you know, before Friday Night Flavors, they were doing, like, on air. And then they got a slot to do, fri- you know, Friday Night Flavors. Right. And then uh, I remember correctly, we, you know, f- we, you know, started doing guest spots. And then eventually, like, uh, uh, you know, like, then Mellow Melody started did guest spots on Friday Night Flavors. Same thing, Babu. You know, and then eventually, uh, then the beat came on. I guess they're starting to make make noise. 
around, I say, 90, was it 94, 95, Melo just just won the Vestex World Championship. Melo just won uh, the Vest, uh, the 1995 Vestex World Championship in Japan. He came back, and Julio says, yo, man, how would you feel like to spin on a, spin on a radio? Eventually, for Melo. For Melody. That kind of like start, that kind of pretty much jump start everything, where it's just like, Mellow, uh, uh, Mellow uh, started just starting to do the seven o'clock mix for Julio, so it was crazy. He went to UC Irvine, <clears throat> and he would drive after school. Would drive all the, from Irvine to all the way to Hollywood to to d- every day this Monday, Monday, through, Mon- Monday right. through Friday. But it's like fucking. We were like, fuck it, do it, dude, do it. This job, this is an opportunity. You just won a, a world championship. This is an opportunity. Do it. And then by that time too, you know we we. You know, we met, you know, Babu and then eventually Mr. Chalk. Mr. Chalk was like, uh, Mr. Chalk, Babu and Mr. Chalk were like the last ones to join the crew. Like, Chalk was the last person to join the crew. I remember, the same thing, met Chalk. We met Chalk through the, uh, the record pool. And then this is when he started to do, him and C Minus were coming down from Bakersfield and starting to do power overnights. They were doing, they were the overnight, you know, from 12 to 6, doing like, Overnight playing the music. Hey, you're listening to Power One, you know, like chocolate. High energy talk at that time, too. Yeah, he's still high energy. That's that's true. You know, it's a little bit, you know, but see him and C minus, you know, they were known as the the almighty roughnecks and shit. So the fact that, you know, like they they would come down and do this thing, and then, you know, when we hang out, he was like, yo, man. I remember we had a session and he was like and I remember Chalk was so bugged the fuck out like I showed him like how to do some scratches and some jugglings and he was like yo you gotta come in session and it, like I kind of like was the first one to hang out with Chalk first and then and then uh, eventually you know we all hanged out and stuff you know he would invite us to hang out at Power late nights so we just like hey what do you want to do hey man just come on by so we'd be at the station late nights hanging out while he's like you know they're all doing this and you know we're just just kick, you know hanging out late night and shit like that so and then eventually you know Jay, Jay the funky pre- Jay Rock who started the crew you know like pretty much you know thought of the name came with the thumbs up yeah, let's get him down with the crew. And That's then, cool. Yeah. So and then, so once he, then then you know once he became a crew. So you got now you got a, a beat junkie on power, a fi, an official beat junkie on power, and then you have Mello on the on the beat. The beat, right? And then eventually, you know, it's like opportunities. Like, hey man, want you spin on the beat? So we started, you know, like Babu, myself, J Rock, uh, and then eventually Ice, Icy Eyes, and Curse Symphony. Uh, well, start spinning there. Then Jay got kicked out of, <laughs> kicked out of J Rock. J Rock got kicked out of the beat because he accidentally played a curse word. It was during a, uh, uh, one of those weekend mixes, the long like the, the you know when they just do a whole mix, just mix weekend, and he was mixing live and didn't tell. And then the, I, I wasn't there, but I just remember hearing about it. And, and they were like, "What happened?" Uh, the, the 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 program director came running in. He's like, "What are you doing?" And then, Get, you know, like so, and eventually, once that happened, Baker Boys picked up Jay to do Friday Night Flavors. So, so Jay, so Jay Rock became an official member for the Baker Boys, uh, Baker Boys Friday Night Flavors, and then they bro- broke Friday Night Flavors into two parts. The first like two hours is the Baker Boys, and then the last two hours would be would be Mr. Chalk. C minus E man. Fantastic. Uh, it wasn't even no. Fantastic Four. It was just, it was just Mr. Chalk, C minus E man, and Fuzzy. Right. Uh, can, can you do? Yeah. Is, you, you got time? I got time. Okay. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the musical scene, right? If you had to choose jazz or soul music, fuck. Damn, that's that's hard. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot in that way, I, but I might, I might have to go with soul. Way. I might have to go with soul because my, you know, like one of my favorite artists is James Brown. So, like, I, you know, James Brown's under soul funk. I might as well go. You know, I love jazz too. Like, you know, you know, like, you know. But soul is closer and tied to the hip hop right. scene. Okay, uh, Sade or Lauren Hill? Sade. Why is that? Come on, she's timeless. Body I mean, of work. 
body work. I mean, I remember when she first came out, and even to up to now, she's consistent. Even if she hasn't been around, like you know, she's gone for like good two, three, four, five, six years, comes back, still, still has it. Lauren Hill, you remember she she was a rapper, so then saying, then saying. I mean, she could sing, but it's like. You know, rappers got egos. I mean, so do singers. You know, got divas and shit like that. But right. you know, she she she's not consistent. You know, like after her first out, you know, then what happened? You know, well, being, being married to one of the Marleys can ha- can make you go crazy. Right. Yeah, so I don't know, but you know, I've no, nah, I better not say. So that. Sade. Yeah, Sade. Okay. Bahamadia or Ladybug Mecca. Bahamadia. Why Bahamadia? Skills. She's consistent, still still kill it. Uh, uh, Ladybug, I get it why people like the the, the Diggable Planets, but in terms of the time, she you know as, as an MC, Bahamidia has it. She she had skills. Not saying that Ladybug, but she was just more like, hey hey, what's up? Right. She you know can spit, but like Bahamidia was like, you didn't consider her as a female rapper. She was she was a spitter. She can hang with like she can hang with the big boys and stuff. You didn't care if she was a female or not. She 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 you know, she was that dope. And 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 honestly, she was one of the few MCs that felt equal right away. Oh no, it's like, you know, there's only a few of them. There's like MC Light, uh Lady of Rage, Bahamidia, uh uh Yo Yo was kind of yeah, uh, I, I thought she Queen was Le- a dope. Queen but... Latifah. Queen Latifah. Like she was like you know, like that, that whole, there's only a, a handful, even though there were only a handful of females, but those are the ones, you know, that just like, they were dope. No matter, regardless of what sex they are, they were dope. You didn't care if they're, oh, they're pretty good for a female rapper. Because, you know, you know, being an MC back then, it was like, it was, it's, you know, you had to come with it, especially if you're a female or if you're a different ethnic, you really had to, you know, the, the, the bars were set high during those times, not compared to now. I mean... No, I mean, depending on where you look at it, but back then, he was like, it's all about skills. Okay. Bruce Lee or Hicks on Gracie? Bruce Lee. It's because he's, he influenced everybody one way or another. Like, just, not, not even his movies, it's just his philosophy. I mean, Hickson is the greatest, but, I mean, philosophy-wise, you gotta look at it, if you even take out even the, 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 the martial art aspects, the, the way how, how Bruce Lee is, is his philosophies is just like some on some applying you know life up applying changes and stuff like you know you like be water my friend come on you who the, the theory the principle the exactly religious aspect right and and I don't you 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 correct me on this statement the fact that blacks in the Afrocentric film movement embrace kung fu well because you know why because. Bruce Lee was also against the establishment at the time, so he's like, "Yeah, he's t- he's giving it to the man." So this is the fact that can if it, it's like that he's also ethnic m- minority. So I think that's why the brothers, you know, African Americans uh, 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 gravitated to the Bruce Lee because he's one, one. He was a badass, and two, he was just like you know, you know, he you know that he was all against you know it was all about the cause about like you know fuck the establishment type thing i mean he was working with an establishment but if you look at it he was just like you know he's you know he had to go through a lot of shit too to get through where he's to where he's at you know like he you, you know he was a groundbreaker for a lot of things you know who do you thought back then it's like even having a a, a interracial marriage you know having a you know a chinese in marriage. real life aside from his movies right right, right. right a real you know like you know, during those times, what the '60s and '70s and stuff, having having a Chinese man, a Chinese man, straight from Hong Kong, marry marrying a white woman is is like is even like unheard of. Let alone like back then, like having a you know African American wearing a you know marrying a white woman. You know, like that was you know that's he changed a lot of you know that's groundbreaking a lot of things you know like he set the precedent for a lot of things to happen to what you know to what we can have right now and and what did you say in this post-racial world Uh i mean for asian americans not to make it asian centric but we it's not post-racial still no, it's still, there's still, there's still, right? there's always, there's, there's always going to be some type of racial, maybe it's kind of like, in some places it's like, you know, you can't tell, but you know, still, there's, there's still, I mean, it's like, depending where pocket, the area you live in, like here in LA, it's a very, you know, even though it's like still 
somewhat segregated. It's still more of a multi, you know multicultural, a little bit more like if, unless you go like maybe more like Middle America or something like that. And then then that it's a different it, a different right. story, or you know even different areas of like the country or even the world or something. You never know, you know, because like even like this with like I'll flipping on some Asian American shit, like you know being Filipino, like say. Yeah, Filipinos coming from the Philippines, coming to, to the United States, they're considered FOBs, fresh out the boat. Right. But me being Filipino, you know, I, I identify being Filipino because my parents are Filipino, even though I grew up in the United States. So, but in the United States, we're considered, yeah, we're Filipinos, we're Asians, we're not, we're not, you know. Uh, but the irony is when you go to the Philippines, you're the American. I'm the American. They don't consider me, even though I'm Filipino blood, if I don't speak Tagalog or anything like that, they don't look, you know, you're not really Filipino. So that's the irony of the, you know, the irony of both things. And that is a big sociological gap. Right. And then even you think about that in the Philippines, I even heard that, you know, like light skin and dark skin. It's the same. At colonially, right? Right. It's right. prevalent in, in the Mexican American culture. It's, it's bl- prevalent in, 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 with in blacks, African, right? Exactly. You know, so mean, it's, so there's so there, it's like it's it's so much ingrained from so much history of a lot of things. So it's like even sometimes even there's like we all get along. There's always some type of DNA thing that's like you know like it's in our blood one way or another. You know, for each each ethnic groups one way or another. So that's. You, a, so now you're segging this the right way, Pacquiao or Tyson. Pacquiao or Tyson? Yeah. <sighs> Damn, that's a good one, man. I mean, uh, like, like your your gut, your gut, man. No, no, no thinking. Your gut and and your heart. If you could connect those two, which one do you choose? Which one do you? I mean, choose? of course, I'm gonna be going toward Pacquiao just because. I mean, man, I'm a big Tyson fan. Okay, man. but, but here, here, here's 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 the problem here. Okay, here's the problem here. Right. Who do we see first is Tyson. He was magnificent, right? Yeah, he was magnanimous. He, 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 he was like, he was like, you, he was like, man, that's the man right he, there. He, you he, know, like I, you know, like you know, I don't know if you heard the story about when he when he when he you know knocked out Mitch Green. Tyson, Mitch Green was on TV flexing. Yeah. Uh, my non bicep <laughs> on the camera. Tyson is a homo. And he was flexing his bicep to it. And then the following video right there, dude, it looked like he yeah, was like, yeah, fucking yeah, shit. His eye was like, like hey, right, right. right there. Because was, I think it happened was at, at a clothing, uh, Dapper Dam's clothing store. He was talking shit to, like, why are you ducking me? Or I don't know exactly. But I just remember he just said like that. And his mic just go, bam. Right. And in fact, like, Mike was also like, uh, he was being molded by a, uh, uh, I can't even see his name, Customato, is that right? Customato, yeah, yes. Yeah. The fact that, like, if you if you really, really listen to Mike, as much as his lisp and kind of like, you know, sometimes he goes on a tangent, he's a very intelligent person, like very knowledgeable of boxing. Like, the way he, when he, you hear him, it's like, dude, how do you know about this shit? And the fact that, because he's, you know, Custom was training Mighty him. Mighty right? man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even up to now, like, uh, of all the crazy shit that he went through, to hear him now is like you know he's now more mature and he even said to himself he's a very intelligent brother you know like very it's just, just the way he intellectually I mean, you know like imagine if Custon passed away oh he would be the world he would be the greatest he would be the greatest he, he would be the greatest just, yeah. just because of the disciplinary um, lineage and parental guidance right by Gus so 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 in terms of boxing wise <laughs> in terms of boxing I say Tyson but on some on some other level shit Pacquiao, and I'll, reason, I'll tell you a reason why. Who would have thought a Filipino from the Philippines can actually, you know, like you got to think of it as a, on some on some so socially social thing because, like, you know, you never think Filipinos are most of the times for us, you know, like most of the times. I always say this too: like Filipinos are very talented, but we're like we're known for more being imitators instead of originators right you know if you go like i remember always watching when my parents watched like the gma super show or sharon Kanita, and they they would sing they're like great singers but they always never like unless they're singing they wouldn't write their own yeah their own. they would they would perform whatever was popular at the time right and that's cool and it's like but what's separating them like you know okay that's cool you can sing michael jackson you can sing whatever the hottest but what's What's gonna make you stand out? Like I have that? a sub theory. I need you to check on me. Okay. Check, check me on this. So, okay. So, okay. Should so, I, go so, ahead. So I'm gonna I'm saying my theory, okay. and then you, you correct me on all right, this. All right, okay. All right. 
there's a colonial aspect where we came from the Itas, the Proto-Malaysians, Proto-Indonesians, right. Spanish, Chinese. Right. There's that aspect. Right. The other aspect is it was so critical during World War II. Right. When when the American American soldiers saved us, right? Now we looked west because right. we became the salvaged uh, hut people. Right, right, right. And and I think that really traversed the thinking because if you think about like 1916 when right. when when the Spanish when we were post revolution right, right, Spanish, right, right, right. then it felt kind of like us, even though the Americans helped us. Right, right. But do you think a lot of it is because of World War Two? I, mean, I think I think a lot of and yeah, saving of it could could be. I mean. Joe and Jay, if one of you guys can come up, what do you guys think about that? You know, uh, in regards to this sociological thing, uh, this is uh, Joe Olivares. You, you met him today, right? So, what, what, what do we, what do you think about that? Say again. Um, <laughs> it, why we look west? Maybe at this particular point, right? Oh, uh, it's from the beginning, from since the Spanish. So, yeah, we've always kind of looked up to the white person, minutes, essentially. Guys? Sorry. We're picking up the pace now, so it's good. Like, there's, you know, the traditional Filipino folk dances. There's one where they, they're actually, they take a time period, like in the 20s, where uh, Filipinos are dancing to, like, what flappers are dancing to. Right. We've always, like, looked to the West for our cues. Right. And, I don't know, it's like a little brother syndrome. Right. How, how about, what do you feel about no, our, like, our I think statements. that's part of it, you know. like But, see, like, when I was looking at it, too, because like, I always wonder, like, now being immersed in hip hop and shit, in hip hop, you the culture of hip hop, you basically want to be a OG original. Now, coming up during that time, you know, like I said, hip -hop, uh, Filipinos were always been the hip hop, but there was also like it was also like a bubble, a circle. They don't they don't want to venture out. You know, like they were very talented cats, but they were like only <clears throat> what stayed in this thing. Now, I remember to order really like like man, I want to see like okay, that's cool and all, but. Let's see how you do against some of the, you know, like real cats. Because, you know, to re, to be legitimized and, and respecting hip hop, you got to go like you got to go against the, some of the best. And some of the, you know, like and sometimes they only will not go outside. They just be comfortable within this. Thing. It's the hut syndrome. right? Yeah. Right. You know, like the tribe tribe thing, you know, and it's even kind of weird. You know, if you want to even break it down, it's like also like or oh, you're Tagalog or you're Locano or like, you know, like there was that tribal thing where it's just like also like just because you're, you're in Filipino, but it's like, oh, if you're a Locano or you're Tagalog, we can't and, get along. And for the listening and viewing audience, what Redmatic is talking about are the separate, uh, both provincial and identical um, identities to the Filipinos. Yeah, like, right? like the, the, the dialects, you know, like the dialects and, and that ethnicity that right, comes with it. Right. So in terms of hip hop, learning from what I've learned coming up during the cultures, like you gotta be, you, you know, like you have to be original. You gotta be, you know, you're an individual. You can't be like following, you can't follow someone. If, like the term back then we were growing up was biting. Yeah. Which is meaning copying or emulating and stuff. Sometimes, you know, you know, emulating. That's gone by the way now. All kids are biting <laughs> by the way, just, just to sound like an old piece of shit yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, well, I mean, well, back now. then, you know, like if you were to copy someone else's style, you would not be respected. Okay. Oh, just, you get in a fight. You get either, you get it either to, you, you, you're shunned or you get in a fight or you battle for whatever. Like if you had the same name or you had battle, you had to like, Back then, it was no. It was like either you battle for the name. You, if you lose, you change your name, or yeah. you battle or battle for money, or you battle for equipment, or whatever. Like some type of it was, or you duke it out. You right. know, right? So it was even more crazier that you know, like that. You know, so uh, having that, learning that aspect of that, the philosophy from that, I've always kind of wondered, like, okay, uh, when I looking at our own. My own culture to grow up, like Filipinos. I always wonder, like, why? Like, I go to, like, I remember going to some, like, talent, like, always going to talent shows. The Philippine, like, you know, like, whether the high school Filipino clubs or the colleges, you know, they have the modern dance, modern dance, right? Yeah. right you know, it was cool. Sometimes it's the only opportunity you can, you know, really flex your talent. But I've always seen, like, so when I see rappers or singers or and dancers, and that's dope and dope in many ways. But I was like, dude, why are they? trying to emulate in vogue or or take six or why they look uh, dancing like the soul brothers or scheme team and shit or yeah. like that like you really you know it's like that's cool and they get their props over there but then you know like if you were to do that in the real hip-hop scene 
you get laughed at, you laughed at, right? And I remember just going like me and a few of us breaking out of the Filipino scene and going to LA. That's you know like and there was like I didn't I didn't really this is the craziest thing. I didn't really uh uh experience racism until I started going to deep into LA. Like more in terms of like, you know, like coming into like I was like one of the very few Asians you know, Filipinos, whatever, going into like uh, to a hip hop club was majority black and Latinos, right? Club Unity. Nah, even before that. Water the Bush. Uh, I, yeah, Water the Bush, Funk oh, Jungle, uh, Akibalan. Huh? Akibalan. Akibalan. That's an old school one from South Central. That might be it. I used to go like I I went to Water the Bush, Funk Jungle, uh, 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 United Nations. United Nations, you know, yeah. United Nations was thrown by uh, Africa Islam from Zulu Nation and Ice T. You know, they they started rhyme syndicate and stuff. So that's when you get to see, like, you know, you see like De La Soul when they first came out. But even then, before that, like, I didn't get to go, but I'd always heard about. You know, I remember going to nineteen the nineteen eighty seven Def Jam t- tour with L Cool J, Houdini, Eric B Rakim, uh, uh, Dougie Fresh. And opening acts were Public Enemy and Sets of Sonic. One, one of my best friends, uh, Eric Sanford, he's like half Filipino, half white. We went, we said, fuck it, we gotta go. We got like, man. Going in, going to like, going to the LA sports arena during those times was crazy. And I was like, holy shit. Like, Samoans, blacks, even whites, but it was like, you know, it's just a you, bunch of booyah tribe. Booyah, uh, no, no, like, how would they react to you? Because like you got the bald head, Eric has, I didn't know, no, Eric I didn't, has the heavy I metal, had, I had hair, long I had, hair. Oh, you do. Okay. I had the pompadour back then, like pompadour oh, tails and for shit. real. Yeah, hell yeah. But Eric had the long hair, right? Oh, yeah. The he, heavy metal. He, he, yeah, he had long, he, he had long hair and shit like that. But we came in there, you know, uh, and they didn't react. It was just like whatever. But it was just like it was another culture shock going leaving leaving the like Cerritos and leaving the Filipino scene and then going to something where it's really right. legitimately like this is the sh- this is like the shit like you you know like fuck this is you're in hip hop shit and I was like holy shit and then at the same time that's also when the Crips Bloods and in the essays the gang Still banging popping, yeah. yeah gang banging was like you know so you gotta be we were, you know during during the time in the LA sports arena that's like that's South Central LA right there in like borderline downtown LA South Central that's sports arena right next to USC which is kind of next you know like damn during those times that shit was crazy so and, so just to go there to to watch to watch the people I grew up listening listening and shit and at the same time just like being like I remember a, bro- a, a fight broke out Right in front of me, and I didn't even know. I was watching this, like, and then I heard it's like, "Hey, you know, hey, money, you better move the fuck out, or we're gonna, you're gonna get your ass stomped." I was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and then that's why the tide now has changed so much. And you know, due due to programming sake, um, this is the last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. And and you've spent a great amount and dropped Thank a you. great amount of knowledge. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to close, Red, because. You know, as, as I tie in this cultural event, right, and then it becomes a racial event, right? Because that all just tied in right now from what you just said. Right. What What would you have to say to people that are new to hip hop, and and what would you have to say as far as for the lineage, maybe in two minutes, if what what it means to you, so you better do this. Well, if you, you know, could do that in two minutes. Yeah, well, I, you know, you really can't force anybody they, I just tell them look look if you really like it just do it because you love it from the heart don't do it because I mean I, I'm not gonna lie when I got into it of course it was like a got a, a nerdy shy kid out of his shell and then of course it would help me to talk to girls and stuff like that but you know but I, I fell in love with this culture this it helped this culture helped me uh, identify myself as a person and actually uh, appreciate my own Filipino culture you know, because at the time, you know, I'm like growing up, I was like, ah, oh, man, mom, I don't want to, dad, I don't want them to smell the f- crazy food. And, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, like I even having a name, you know, like, you know, I had a, you know, like a, a, a not a typical, I, I didn't have a Filipino name, but I didn't have a typical name either. Like Rhett, what, like, what the hell is Rhett? I didn't know what Rhett was. Now, you know, my, my birth name is Nazareth. Being my parents are ca- uh, Catholics, they were like, 
from what they told me is that they wanted they, <laughs> they wanted a they they wanted a boy they prayed to God and if you give us a boy we'll name him after your Lord will name him after your birthplace and that's how I got Nazareth and that's like how do I get red well Filipino logic is like you know we love gone with the wind and red butler <laughs> and you know Nazareth and red that rhymes so I said Nazareth and red so red's your your nickname and Nazareth I was like what the you know, I hated my name before when I was growing up because kids would fuck up my name. Anyways, go, going into what I'm saying is just like, uh, uh, I just say, you know. I, like, I love your rat holes, by the way, Red. <laughs> it, 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 I'm, I'm complimenting you and I hate to cut you off like that because I, I want you to, to finish, but that that's an art in its own. So go right ahead. I'm sorry. So, so. So basically, I tell anyone that's, you know, like now, especially with the technology and, and, and the internet, it's like, yo. Find something. Don't don't be a sheep. Try to think for yourself and look for it. That's how we had to do. You still can do it now. This is people are just yeah. being lazy. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just straight lazy. Yeah. Call like, them out. You know, like, but I don't want it. Like, you know, like I'm not gonna force you. The you know, like, what's the what's what's the saying? You horse can, feeding. Yeah, you, you can you can you can take a, a, a you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. So you know, like, only thing I can do is present it to you, and if you like it, if if it connects with you, go for it. You know, like if not, then shoot. You know, I'm not gonna force you, but if you do like it, do some research. Like, find out why your favorite artist or this and that, or why is this, this and this. I mean, you have to also understand, like, there's a generation gap, and like, in a lot of like a lot of these are the younger cats. Hip hop, when they were born, hip hop was already cracking. Yeah. You know, so you can't you can't fault them. I used to be that hardcore, like, yo, man, you fucking up and blah blah blah. <laughs> now, like, now that I'm mature, it's like, you know what? I'm from a different era, so I can't fault them for that. So I don't want to sound like a bitter old guy. It's like, oh, back in the days we did this and this. No, those days are as much, those are my favorite days, but those days are gone. What I can do now is what I'm doing today, and what I can at least hopefully. I don't consider myself a role model, but I just like I like even if I'm not doing this as a as a career, this is who I am. As a, it made me who I am and appreciate what I am, and me and I love doing this. I would, if I if I was a janitor, I'd still be scratching, you know, cutting it up and shit, you know, like or funky janitor, the, you know, yeah, you know, like just because it's. Like you know, they you know It'd they be say like the goodwill hunting of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he something. left the vinyl something record like here on the table. What I'm saying is, hip hop, right, the culture right. is basically is just like you don't. It's the it's not like okay, if I wear this or I buy this or this and this, I'm hip hop. No, it's just it's just the it's, it, it. You don't say you're hip hop. You, you just live it. You know, it's a cult. It's a it's a culture. It's like it's. I may you know even com compared to like I mean it just of course I might have a shirt that looks like a B Street shirt. But it's just the way you you act yourself, or the way, it's just the it's the vibe and stuff. Even even today, how even cats, there's even young cats, are just like you can tell, it's been influenced one way or another. They just might not realize it until they get older. Because we were like that when I realized when I thought about it, we were like that. We were like young and dumb. <laughs> Shit, still kind of young and dumb, but just you know a little bit older. But I, I I'm mature enough to learn to like okay. There's there's more there's other things out there that makes it to what hip hop is. It's just not one thing. It's just it's, there's no there's no one right main answer. There's little things that makes it what it is. That's just my humble opinion and my experience that I've learned. Like especially being a, a, a Filipino American growing up in the, in in the West Coast, like from and, and able was lucky to experience hip hop when it first came out to the west coast you know just seeing everything that changes and stuff and able to still doing what I love to do as a career that's like a, I mean as, oh, of course I would love to have millions of dollars and shit like that but right. you know god willing I can still do this till I'm till I die well, well you know Red um, that, that's a hell of a close and you know, before eras and decades passed by, I, I, I wanted to have this, we wanted this interview with you because it, it, it's like those artists for the Sistine Chapel. You want to honor them as the art. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I that old? Damn. No, 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 no. You're an artifact. No, no, no. I just mean that while, while you're performing. Let me tell you, whippersnapper. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's like honoring Kobe Bryant in 06. Right, you have right. to honor Kobe 
while it's being celebrated, while, while oh. it's while it while the airwaves are blasting his mixes, oh, and 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 I never thought of that. Way. No, man. I mean, it's just one of those things when we chopped it up at Dash. Yeah. It, it, well, I guess because you know it's weird because. I still do this. I just, I don't think about that. I don't, you know, like, it's cool. I mean, of course, you know, when you're growing up, you want to be like, oh, I want to be the world champion. I want to be best in this. As you get older, you're just like, man, I'm just happy to do do this. You know, that's, 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 that's comes with maturity and stuff. Like now, yeah. you know, but, you know, I, I, I don't think about, and I, you know, I don't think about it. If I, like, I, I guess the saying goes, if you keep, if you believe your own hype, that's when you fall off. Right. You know, so I don't, I'm trying not to think like that. Or else, once I do that, then, I, you know, shoot me or something like that. And then you become more egotistical and all that stuff. You know, like, and that's why even going back to even to the first question about jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu taught me to, like, like, I'm trying to be, you know, like, but it made me more humble because there's, I always think like this, there's always someone better at, than you out there there's always going to be someone better the only thing you can do is be the best of who you can be and that applies not only hip hop jiu jitsu and and every, but it applies to everything in life my instructor Chris Gutierrez said this to me he's like you could you know you could be the baddest jiu jitsu fighter or the baddest DJ in the world but if you're an asshole and have a bad attitude nobody's going to fuck with you straight there up there it is and there it is thank you so much right. the post analog podcast for Generation X. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.